Welcome to the Milk and Honey with Lemon podcast. I'm your host, Lemon Price, creator of the Holy Girl Habits, wife and mama, and certified life and leadership coach who turned away from corporate life to embrace kingdom leadership. This podcast is for Christian women feeling the weight of their divine callings, grappling with doubts of their leadership abilities, and searching tirelessly for biblically grounded guidance who want to step confidently into their roles as radiant kingdom leaders. Inside, we're going to traverse from those feelings of uncertainty and overwhelming searches, moving toward firm biblical leadership, empowering you to steward your gifts and showing you that you indeed have what it takes. So sister, grab your favorite cup of coffee or tea and let's dive in together. Y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Milk and Honey Podcast with Lemon. I am so excited today because we're going to talk a lot about spiritual disciplines to really deepen your relationship with God, because I think it's really important as biblical leaders that we master these spiritual disciplines and just really pour ourselves completely into the word because it's just going to make us better leaders. It's going to make us better disciples. It's going to make us better followers. And so I'm just, I'm really excited about diving into this today. So First and foremost, I want to define what a spiritual discipline is and what their role is in our growth and sort of the balance between grace and a discipline in our spiritual walk. So what are the spiritual disciplines? Spiritual disciplines are practices that we as Christians engage in to deepen our relationship with God and grow in our faith. They're intentional activities that help us to focus on our spiritual growth and draw us nearer to God. Right? Spiritual disciplines have been practiced by Christians throughout the centuries, and they play a really crucial walk in our a crucial role in our walk with Christ. I have been struggling with the speaking today. I have so many notes in front of me because I don't want to forget anything because this is really important. And I'm going to be talking about scripture a lot. So if you hear me going through them, just know that's what I'm doing. I'm just looking through all of these notes. So we have to ask ourselves like why spiritual disciplines are so important. And the truth of the matter is your faith is a muscle and you have to exercise it constantly in order for it to be strong and to grow. And so as we engage in spiritual disciplines, we create a space in our lives for God to work in us, shaping our character and transforming us more into the image of Christ. And I think that these practices really help us develop these godly good habits. They foster spiritual maturity and they nurture our connection with the Holy Spirit. I always say I try to filter everything through a Holy Spirit filter. And the only way to do that is with spiritual disciplines and having spiritual maturity. And it also really helps us to just really understand God's word and apply it to our lives and to really share our faith with others. So Before we dive into all of the spiritual disciplines, because I'm going to talk about a bunch of them, I want to talk about grace and discipline in our lives. It is really important to remember that our relationship with God is based on His grace and not our efforts. We're not trying to earn God's love or acceptance through these practices. Instead, we engage in spiritual disciplines to help us grow in our understanding and appreciation of His grace. It's important to recognize that spiritual disciplines are not a one-size-fits-all. Different people will connect with different practices, and that's okay, right? I want to do a whole episode over the summer on comparison and imposter syndrome because what works for one girl is not going to work for you, and that's okay. 
The goal here with the, today's episode is to find a discipline that resonates with you and help you grow closer to God and being open to try new practices and adapting them to your unique spiritual journey. I almost want to talk about a habit loop almost. This is something I've recently become obsessed with. I found it with um, Shelby Sacco. She is like radically changed the way I do things, talking about a habit loop. And this is, I've applied it to everything, but there's a cue, a trigger, or like a cue, which is your trigger, a routine and a reward, right? And so for me, like one of my things now is in the morning, the cue is like my kids leave for school. The routine is that I take my puppy dog for a two and a half to three mile walk in the morning. The reward is A, I got to move my body and B, my dog is now my high energy puppy is now asleep for six hours. It's beautiful. It is such a reward for me. I get a ton done because of it. 10 out of 10 recommend. So when you're thinking about your spiritual disciplines, I want you to think about creating this habit loop, right? What's the cue or the trigger? What's the spiritual discipline you're going to do? And what's the reward of that spiritual discipline? Because there is going to be some kind of reward, right? The reward is I grow closer to my heavenly father. The reward is I understand scripture better. The reward is I feel more in tune with the spirit. That's the reward. And it's okay that there's a reward for the spiritual discipline that you have. So I just want to, I want to throw the little habit loop out there. I love the habit loop. It's become my new favorite thing. And so now that we know why they're important, I want to talk about what they are, right? So first and foremost, we have prayer, obviously. I feel like prayer is such like a no brainer, right? It is our direct line of communication with God, which I think is so cool. Don't you think it's cool that we just get to have this one like converse two-way conversation with God where we just get to express gratitude, confess our sins, seek guidance, ask for help? Like it's so beautiful. And it's really essential to cultivate a habit of prayer to maintain a strong connection with our Heavenly Father and grow in our faith. And so there's that habit loop, right? I have I have something in front of my room, like right in front of my bed. And it's a scripture and it's going to escape me right now. I can see it. It's in my, it's in the other room, but it says basically like when you rise, pray, right? And it's my trigger to pray before I get out of bed. That is my trigger. First thing in the morning, I need to pray and I see it. And the reward is I've now started my day with God. That's my reward. Okay. There are so many different types of prayer, right? There's adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And I think each serve a very unique and beautiful purpose that allows us to connect with God in really unique and different ways. So if you don't know, a prayer of adoration is just a worship prayer. Thank you. It's just, I'm in awe of what God's doing. Confession, obviously we are confessing our sins. This is repentance. Thanksgiving, we are just thankful for God, right? And thankful for what he's doing. And then supplication is like a prayer of pleading or needing help. Okay, so incorporating a variety of prayer styles into our spiritual practice can really help keep our prayer life fresh and engaging, even though it should always be, right? And that sounds so terrible, but it should always be engaging because we get to commune with God. (laughs) Like we get to talk to God. But sometimes it can, if you create this habit loop and you do it out of a habit and not out of, and that's something I want to warn about. Create the habit loop, but do it, do these habits because you want to grow closer, not because it's something you want to check off a box. And I think spiritual disciplines can become a checkbox item and we don't want it to become a checkbox item. And so to develop a consistent prayer life, set aside specific times during the day for prayer. 
or create a prayer journal to record your prayers and reflect how God is answering them. That I think is really beautiful to sit and watch and see. I prayed for this and this is how God answered it or didn't answer it and gave me something better in return. Or I can see how God worked through this situation. I want to remind you that prayer doesn't have to be formal and lengthy. It's It can just be a very simple, heartfelt conversation with God. It can be something you're thinking about while you're in the car. It can be a conversation in the shower. Like you can pray anytime. It doesn't have to be something big and fancy. It can just be what it is that you need in the moment. All right, next, I want to talk about Bible study and meditation. Of course, it is so important that we study the Bible, right? What I think is so beautiful about the Bible is that you can be a Bible scholar and you could spend your entire life learning the scriptures and it's very complicated and there's so much to unravel and it's beautiful to see the way things work together and the way this one word means this one thing and it connects to this other thing a thousand years later. And I just think it's really beautiful to see those little pieces, right? Something so simple. So the other thing is that it's so simple that my nine-year-old understands it. My nine-year-old understands the basics of scripture. And I think that's really beautiful that it's both right? And so it's really important that we study scripture because it's a way for us to understand God's character and what his plan is for our lives. It's it's a living book. It's a living text. We get to know how to live a way that pleases God. We get to gain wisdom and guidance and we find encouragement and we become equipped to share our faith with others. And so I just love being able to study the scriptures. I think it's really just so beautiful. Next, I want to talk about how do you study scripture? So it starts with choosing a specific book or a topic, right? So use a Bible study, a commentary, other resources. I would always encourage you to do an inductive study. If you don't know what an inductive study is, I will happily do another episode on it. I teach a whole class on inductive study methods with a ton of resources for you if you need to do an inductive study, but it really is about what is the context, right? And figuring out what things mean when they were written. This is something really important to note that when every single Bible author was writing, not one of them were writing it with the intention of it one day becoming the Bible, right? When Paul was writing his letters to the churches in Corinth and Ephesus and things like that, like he did not intend for that to become scripture. And so it's really important to read things in context. Read them in the literary stuff, right? I'm a big fan of hermeneutics. Learn what it is that you're reading and what the context is of what you're reading because it will make a difference in the way you understand scripture. And then I want to encourage you to practice meditating on scripture. And don't don't turn the podcast off because I just said the word meditate. It's not a new age thing. In the scriptures, meditation is in there, and it really just means to ponder and to think on something. And so think on or ponder a specific verse, a passage, let it sink deep into your heart and into your mind. Because the more we do that, the more we internalize God's words, the more we can apply it to our lives and we can grow in our relationship with him. 
Next, I want to talk about fasting. I love fasting. Fasting is one of my favorite things. I always have the biggest and best revelations when I'm fasting, so I could talk about fasting all day. So fasting is a practice that involves abstaining from food or other activities for a specific period to focus on prayer and spiritual growth. And so like once a month, minimally, my family, we fast on a Sunday, and that's a day just to share our testimonies and things, which is really beautiful. And then I know people who do a social media fast. And they come out of their social media fast and they're like, wow, I have such a renewed sense of what my purpose is and what to use my social for and using it in a very healthy way. And in the Bible, fasting was used as a way to seek God's guidance, to express repentance or demonstrate humility. And this, I think, is really beautiful, too, because in all the times I fasted from food, never one time have I had hunger pain, not a one time. And I find that really fascinating to me that I don't ever feel hungry when I'm fasting, right? I'm going a full 20, I go a full 24 hours, like no water, no food, no nothing for a full 24 hours. And I do not have one sort of hunger pain. I don't thirst. And I drink a lot of water. I drink like a gallon of water. I don't know if you guys, boom. I drink like a full gallon of water a day. And on that, and I'm like, I'm thirsty now. I've been talking for only a few minutes and I'm like, oh, so thirsty because my body craves it. But on days that I fast, I don't have that issue. And I just... That's God thing. And like I said, there's different ways to fast. So you could do a, fa- a no food fast. You could do a partial fast where you just restrict certain foods or a non-food fasting, abstaining from social media, whatever it is that will create space in your life to focus on your relationship with God. And so how do you incorporate that? Set a specific time for fasting, set an intention, set a time and figure out what it is that you're fasting for. And then choose a type of fast that works for you and your, and then commit to a specific duration. Be sure to spend extra time in prayer and reflection during your fast, like meditate on the word when you're doing it. All right. Another thing I want to talk about today is worship. The act of worship is just so beautiful. Worship is our response to God's greatness, to love and goodness. And I think about that. My husband's been on so many worship teams And it's so beautiful to see because that's the way my husband connects with God the most. Like he, through music is the way he connects. And so I'm not just talking about music, right? That's not the only way, but watching him be on a worship team and the way that he responds to God's goodness is by then taking his skill set and giving it back. And I just think it's really beautiful to watch and to see how God can use our worship and the talents that we've been given to also express love and gratitude for him. I think it's just super, it's just a super important part of our relationship with him is just this, the opportunity to really express our love and our gratitude and our awe for him and what he's doing. There is nothing like a worship song, just like hitting you right in the chest, right? It hits you right in the heart. And you're like, I feel it in my gut. The emotions are intense. And it's because there's this overwhelming feeling from the Holy Spirit, like yeah, like God is so good. And there are certain songs that remind me that there are some songs I will be in the car and I will fa- have a full cry fest in my car. Like I am at a concert worshiping type of a situation or I'm standing right in front of the father worshiping. Like I am hysterical in my car. My kids think I'm nuts. It's fine. It's what we do. And so worship can be this very personal experience, like singing praises or spending time in adoration during quiet time. But then it's a corporate experience, right? Where we gather with other believers through song and prayer and hearing his word. And both are really important. Like to me, I've I've talked about this so many times, right? I have for, I've been a Christian for almost a decade now. 
And a lot of my relationship with the Lord was a head knowledge. And I would see women at church all the time who were so emotional about their relationship with the Lord. And I honestly, if I didn't witness it, I wouldn't know that's an option. I wouldn't know that's how some people worship. I wouldn't know any of that. And so for me, being in corporate worship really helped me in my personal worship. And now I cry all the time. And it's something that I have a very different relationship than I used to. And it's because I got to watch how other people handled worship. And then I want to talk about some creative ways to engage in worship beyond singing. You can worship through art, through dance, through writing, podcasting, spending time in nature, appreciating God's creation. Find an activity that you love that helps you express your love and adoration for God in a way that really resonates with you. Figure out what works for you. Service. I want to talk about service too as a spiritual discipline. Serving others is such an essential aspect of our faith, right? Jesus is the ultimate servant leader, and he calls us to do the same. And so serving others allows us to put our faith into action, reflect Christ's love, and make a tangible difference in the world. And so one way we can do that is to discover your unique gifts and passions, right? What is it that God has given you? I want you to consider your talents, consider your interests, your experiences, and reflect on how you can use those gifts to serve others and glorify God. What is it that God gave you specifically that can grow the kingdom and can impact the kingdom? And then look for opportunities to serve within and outside of the church. There are so many places that you could volunteer, right? You could volunteer at church, participate in community outreach programs, supporting international missions. There's so many ways to to serve. That's something like I mentor inside of a Christian crisis pregnancy center. And that is one way that I get to serve and give back and to worship God, right? That's one way I get to serve the kingdom is through that practice. And so look for different ways to serve. And then I want to talk about simplicity and contentment. I think that our true treasure is found in our relationship with God. And that doesn't mean you can't have nice things, right? But I don't want us to put our focus and our worth and our relationship on our things, right? I think that it reminds me of the story of the young rich ruler, right, in scriptures, where he goes to Jesus and he says, I've kept all the commandments. What do I need to do? And Jesus says, sell your stuff and follow me. And he says, nope, can't do it. It was too high. It was too much for him. And that is the, I'm going to then take it over to Zacchaeus, right? Zacchaeus is a tax collector. He cheated people. He took people's money. And upon his conversion, he he said, I'm going to go give everybody back their stuff, whatever, tenfold or whatever it was, like four times the amount, right? I'm going to give them back four times the amount of what I took for them. Jesus didn't have to say anything to him. It was a hot heart posture thing. And that's what I think this is. Like I, When I talk about simplicity and contentment, I'm going to talk about our heart posture toward like our material things. When we put a lot of emphasis on materialism and consumerism, it distracts us from our spiritual growth and hinders our ability to serve others. We're constantly looking for more stuff to fill a void. And when Jesus fills that void, like we don't need the things to fill the void, right? So I just want to encourage you in that. All right, let me go back to my notes. I've got so many notes. Oh my gosh. Did you guys hear the puppy? She's mad. All right. I want to just wrap this up with a personalized spiritual discipline plan, which is really exciting. 
I like tangible things that we can do. And so first, I want you to assess your current spiritual practices. What are you already doing? What do you consider to be the most beneficial for your spiritual growth? And then I want you to identify areas for growth and improvement. So once, okay, I'm really good in this area, but I'm lacking in this, like figure out what that is. So you can incorporate new disciplines or adjusting your approach to existing practices that you have. And I want to remind you that spiritual growth is a lifelong journey. And so just be open to change and to growth and adapting. And then you're going to, we're going to create a tailored plan right now. We like get out a pen and paper because we're doing it. So the first thing we're going to do is set SMART goals. So they're specific, they're measurable, they're achievable, they're relevant, and they're time-bound. Okay. So maybe you want to improve your prayer life. So you might set a goal for to pray for 15 minutes each morning and each evening. And so that's specific, right? You want to improve your prayer life. It's measurable because you're going to do it for 15 minutes each morning and each evening. That's achievable too, right? We know that we're doing it morning and evening. It's relevant because you're going to obviously deepen your prayer life and it's time bound, right? You're going to do this in the mornings and at night, right? So figure out what that SMART goal is for you around that. Then I want you to develop a daily or weekly routine that incorporates your chosen disciplines. So consider your schedule and other commitments when creating your routine and be realistic about the time and energy you can devote to your spiritual practices. So like habit stacking, this is a great thing to do. So something that I do to pray for my children is when I am making their lunches in the morning or putting away their laundry. That's when I pray for the ch- my kids. I already am doing the thing, right? I'm already making lunch or doing their laundry. And so the habit stack is to pray for them specifically while I'm packing their lunch, while I'm doing their laundry. And so I'm habit stacking a little bit. And so it's a way to hack your brain to do the thing that you want to do. Next, you could find an accountability partner or a small group to share your goals with and encourage one, in- one another in your spiritual journey, right? So find a friend, a family member, someone from your church community, just somebody you trust. And you're like, hey, can you hold me accountable and offer encouragement? That's really an important piece. Hold me accountable and offer encouragement so I can continue in this spiritual discipline. Next, I want to encourage you just to be patient and give yourself grace as you work towards your goal. Spiritual growth takes time and you're going to encounter obstacles. I'm going to tell you that right now. You will encounter obstacles. The enemy will be mad. He is not going to like that you are developing yourself spiritually. So be prepared for him to be angry and to throw arrows in your direction. And then finally, evaluate your progress and make adjustments. Reflect what's working well and what challenges you're facing, and then be open to adapting and changing your plan as you grow in your spiritual discipline. Okay, so just be okay with that. And so I just want to encourage you because as you develop these spiritual disciplines, like it's just going to be so much easier to deal with the challenges of life. You're going to have a better relationship with God. I I can't tell you how grateful I am that I did the work when I did to start working on the spiritual disciplines when I did, because we have had the enemy just throw so many terrible things our way. And I'm so grateful that I took the time to develop a thick skin and to really be in relationship with the Lord, because if I didn't, I don't think I would have gotten through the last year or so. And so I'm just going to encourage you to do that because you need to, right? Like armor up and the way to armor up 
is to put these spiritual disciplines into practice. And so I just want to thank you for being here for this episode. I am really excited about what's coming. Stay tuned because we're doing a summer series. So it's kicking off June 5th. And I'm so excited. It's an eight-week series. They're going to be short, digestible, five to 10-minute episodes on biblical leadership for women. It's going to kick off for season two, which I can't believe we're almost at the end of season one already. We started this journey back in January, and here we are in May about to wrap up season one. And I just want to encourage you to check that series out. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be really good. And just thank you for being here. I love this podcast. I love what we're doing. I love the growth that is happening here. And so if you love this podcast, then be sure to share it with a friend, like it on Apple and leave me a review on Apple. It tells the Apple machine to keep sharing it with people. It makes the the Apple algorithm happy. And when you make the Apple algorithm happy, it makes me really happy. So I would super appreciate that. And I will see everybody next week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Milk and Honey with Lemon podcast. I am so grateful you were here. I hope this episode has helped you move from feelings of doubt and uncertainty towards stepping confidently into your God-given leadership role, fully equipped with biblical wisdom. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to rate and review. Each review helps us to reach and inspire more Christian women leaders just like you. Don't forget to share your takeaways, post it on Instagram, tag me anywhere you're on social media, and I'll see you next week. 